This is Our Anxiety Stories, the Anxiety Canada podcast with John Bacon. This is the place where people from all walks of life share their anxiety stories to remind you that you are not alone. If you have an anxiety story you'd like to share, contact us at anxietycanada.com slash our anxiety stories. This is John Bateman, and you're listening to Our Anxiety Stories. My guest for this episode is Monica Timer, a parent in residence at FamilySmart. Monica, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, John. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, I'd like to ask you, as I always ask my first question, uh, it's the name of the show, uh, what is your anxiety story? I have two daughters. One, the younger one, um, has anxiety, generalized anxiety. Um, I started questioning at one and a half years of age. Wow. Doctor, she never slept ever unless I was holding her and, or had my hand on her. She just would not sleep. Um, as she got older, every noise would set her off. Mm. She would become overwhelmed if we left the house to go anywhere in a grocery store. She just would, everything overwhelmed her. Um, at age two, I believe I asked the doctor if it could be anxiety because I was doing research online, <laughs> trying to figure out myself. Mm -hmm. She was not sleeping first off. Um, and I was told that children do not have anxiety. That was the response I got for the wow. 15 years ago. So things have improved. Um, so I was of the belief that I was doing something wrong. Um, as she got older, started school, she would do anything to delay going to school. Like she would right. throw herself on the floor and cry. She would pick a fight with her sister, you know, and we'd finally get her there. It was always late. Um, uh, I think grade four is when things really got worse for our family and her. She would start chewing her clothes, long sleeve shirt. She'd come home with like the whole edges of both sleeves, just chewed to smithereens. Right. We started putting short sleeve shirts on her so that she couldn't do that. And I'm still asking, you know, going to doctors. Like I, we went to doctor after doctor. Um, still sleeping with my daughter because she would not sleep unless I was in the room with her. Right. Um, she would walk in the door starting in grade four and I'd say, hi, honey, how's, how was your day? And she would explode the minute she walked in the door. So like a emotional crying explosion or, or anger explosion? Anger, because, anger. Yeah, because that's, it, it often manifests that way, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and I didn't understand that at the time because, once again, I was under the understanding that children do not have anxiety still at this point. Um, yeah, she would just explode, and sometimes it would take forever to get her to calm, like an hour or two, just to get her to calm down and um, trying to get her to self-regulate, and, and she just didn't have the skills to self-regulate herself. Um, the anger affected her sister for the most part um, because she was right. in front of it. Um, so their relationship was really difficult for a very long time. Uh, grade five is when a teacher actually said to me within two weeks, I think she has anxiety. 
And well, it's about time. (laughs) (laughs) So I went to a different, well, we had moved to BC by then, lived in Alberta previously. Um, And I went to the doctor and, and immediately got sent to a pediatrician who immediately got me into a psychiatrist at the children's center in Surrey. And she was diagnosed with generalized anxiety and ADHD at that time and Tourette's as well. Wow. Um, Given ADHD medication. And for the most part, her anxiety was a little better for about a year or two. And then she went to middle school and it got worse again. Um, middle school is a really tough time for kids, especially, uh, psychologically, there's a lot of different things going on in their bodies, a lot of chemicals changing. And and of course, forming social bonds at that point is really a huge thing. And, And she lost her social bonds when she went to middle school because she would get so overwhelmed. She would just get up and walk out of class. So we had problems with teachers trying to understand why she would just get up and walk out of class, but she was just so overwhelmed um, that she, she'd just get up and walk out. And the kids, you know, she would cry at school, like in a corner trying to hide it, but the kids would see it. So, you know, she had no friends for a good part of middle school, most of middle school actually um, teased, bullied, um, because she just couldn't, you know, control those, those anxiety. Well, <laughs> yeah, anxiety, it, uh, in my experience, cause I experienced anxiety. My first experience was when I was probably, that I remember was probably five, right? Six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it does start to steer your life for you. Um, yeah. at every age, it starts, it starts to inform your decisions and steer your life. So yeah, I can understand what she must have been going through at that point. Yeah. Um, we actually stopped going a lot of places because she would just become overwhelmed. We'd have to leave stores, malls. Um, so, you know, there was a resentment there from her sister too, because family vacations were fun. Like it just, everything was just so overwhelming. Um, we had tried taking her to different, uh, therapists, clinicians, you know, through our work and, And, you know, we got blamed, told, like, we need to just let her, I was still sleeping with her in grade eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was told that I just needed to let her be and just let her not sleep or just let her cry it out or, but I mean, she would just get so overwhelmed. It just made things worse for her. So it was just easier for me just to lay with her for her. You know, it was always like, I wanted her to have a good night's sleep or. Definitely. And then uh, grade nine, um, things that got so worse, like every every wall in our house had a hole in it because she would just get so worked up. She would kick holes um, and we ended up- I think up- it's important that people who are listening understand that that is anxiety yeah. creating that. That anxiety creates anger. Um, yeah. And, and so I think people really need to understand that and and have- empathy for that and understand that it's not just an angry kid or it's not just a parent who's not being effective. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't explained that because I asked numerous times to um, her at the time psychiatrist, why is this happening? Like, why is she kicking holes? Why is she, you know, saying these horrible things to her sister, you know, and 
his response was, I need better discipline, <laughs> was the first. Wow. I, um, a lot of this is really shocking for me. Yeah. Um, so your daughter would have been born, uh, what, 2004 or something? 2002. 2002. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got a daughter who's just a year older than that. Um, yeah. And um, it surprises me even that you, were get, you got this reaction from the healthcare system then. Um, you know, that the doctor said children don't have anxiety. Um, that's really hard. It uh, must be hard for you to reflect back upon, uh, to think yeah. of how you might have been able to tackle it differently or if you, you know, how that might have worked differently. Yeah, like for me, I wish, because we had all our family members blaming us, telling us, you know, she just needed a spanking or, you know, being grounded. And I mean, we were grounding her we, because we were told it was a behavior. Yeah. Course. And that's what we were taught was that it was a behavior. And when I look back now, I, I feel horrible for like that. I treated it that way. Like, yeah, I, well, I mean, obviously, you know, it's as <laughs> much, if I could absolve you of that feeling horrible, yeah. I would, because obviously it's, that's not, that's not your fault, but, um, yeah. but that's, uh, that's, that is a result of, you know, also the time. I mean, you know, when I was diagnosed with my anxiety issues, it would have been the 80s. And it, and it was, you know, I went to a psychiatrist too when I was about, oh, maybe 11. And everything I said when he talked to me, he, his response was just, oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. And that was it. Like, no, no advice, nothing like that. Um, but I mean, that just goes to show. And that's one of the frustrating things I find about deal. I found with dealing with, uh, with anxiety myself and with people I know who have had anxiety is that there's this process you have to go through to find the right people to help. And, and that takes some time. That's, that can be a frustrating time. Yeah. And and grade nine, her grade nine for us was when we found the right people. Yeah. And yeah, we got a clinician at child and youth mental health in mission. And within weeks, my daughter was sleeping on her own. Amazing. I'm in her life. And it was (laughs) an odd feeling for me to be honest. Um, and yes, the cloth chewing stopped the anger over time. Slowly, she learned to self-regulate and, and explain, I need to leave the classroom. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, yeah, it just having the right people really made a difference for her and for our family. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, especially, I mean, you know, I've got two kids and, and there's a lot of people that are really, really happy to dispense parenting advice, um, whether they have kids or not. And yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on you. There's, there's this whole culture of parenting that, that can really make parents feel bad about what yeah. they're doing or what they're trying, you know, yeah. and, and lead them down the wrong road. But it sounds like, you know, it sounds like with you, you've, you, you really just persevered uh, to, to help your child. I mean, my, I, for, you know, I have a mother who helped me a lot, like, like you have you worked with your child on it has made a huge difference mm-hmm. and I think it's important that parents understand that they can make a big difference that way like you have yeah and it's it's hard it, it, it's been hard um this which is why I work with the organization I do because I love now knowing better mm-hmm. and being able to sit with a family and listen to them talk and be being able to help them understand so tell me a bit about how you got involved with, with um, uh, Family Smart. Um, well, there was a job posting. I'd never heard of it, to be honest. No one had ever told me about it. 
And my daughter's clinician actually sent me the job posting. And she knows everything we've done. And she said, Monica, I think you should apply for this. And my first reaction was, to be honest, where has this been all, all these years? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I applied for it. And uh, I wish that I would have known about this organization all these years because it is filled with all these people who have had all this experience with their own children. And it just is amazing for them to be able to listen to you and understand you and not judge you or blame you and being able to help you find the resources instead of me spending all the time and oh, yeah. just having someone else that knows where to go for you instead of years and years of res like resourcing on my own. And yeah, it's just, it's amazing. And to be able to do that for other people and help them on their journey so that they just feel less isolated and alone is, is amazing. It's well, amazing. I mean, I, you know, I've, I've found that, uh, that of course it's important to work with, uh, people who are trained, uh, mm -hmm. psychologists, psychiatrists, mm -hmm. um, with people who are trained, but it's equally as important. I feel is working with people like you who have experienced it and you've gathered a lot of knowledge through firsthand experience. This was not textbook. Uh, this was not, you were not on any kind of curriculum. You were like on a roller coaster and you had to go out and find all that information yourself. And it's an invaluable resource. I found that when I finally came out with my, uh, my mental health issues, which would have been probably about five or six years ago, uh, I found that I had so many people approaching me and then the wisdom that I had, you know, found from just my own experiences, it, it really helps other people. And what you're doing is doing the same thing. Yeah. And I, it kind of goes back to, I remember times when I would be explaining what we were going through and, and people would say, Oh, I'm sorry. That must suck. You know, it must be hard for you, but they didn't get it. They really didn't get it. Even our families didn't understand but when I can sit with someone who's been through it, they have empathy. Empathy is the word, right? Yes. It's not sympathy. It's empathy. They, mm. they know what it's like. And even though your experiences might be different, the feeling is still the same. That mm. empathy is just there. And it's, it's just a completely different feeling to have someone know what you're feeling and know what you're going through. And being able to just sit with you and, and listen. It's, it's just amazing. Yeah. Definitely. I'm curious. Uh, did, you, did you have yourself, had you experienced any anxiety sort of out of what the normal kind of anxiety would be through, through your life before you had kids? Um, I didn't think I did. I do have a mother that does have very high anxiety, but I didn't, you know, She's a lot older, so, you know, they didn't really diagnose it as that. No, of course not. Like, yeah, you think it's bad yeah. then, like now, then it's just, yeah. Yeah. I do remember as a kid having to leave certain places because my mom would get overwhelmed with the crowds and the amount of people. Mm -hmm. Remember that as a kid. Um, I know my husband's mom has pretty high anxiety. So yeah, family genetics maybe I, don't I oh I I strongly believe in yeah. that because I mean here you are talking about a child who's just over a year old and you're recognizing those symptoms in that child and I and I truly yeah. believe that 
Um, I'm wondering, so once, once, you know, you started going down this road with your daughter and you were having all these really difficult times, uh, how was your mental health through that? Were you experiencing anxiety? Were you experiencing, you're obviously experiencing stress, uh, depression. Were you affected in that way too? Yeah, I, um, <laughs> cause it, we preach self-care a lot. We really, really do. And, um, I can speak from that experience because I didn't do self-care at all. This work- was, this was during? During, like I actually, when my daughter was in grade nine, um, we had a really bad time. We went through a lot with her in middle school and, and it was just every day was like walking on eggshells as I explain it. Like, I just didn't know what I was going to get that day, like what we were going to have to deal with. And, and I remember sitting in my daughter's clinician's office saying, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this. Yeah, of course. And I was in a really bad spot. And because she had been preaching to me to take care of myself and I wasn't listening and I ended up, yeah, I ended up in therapy. Well, of course. And the, the thing is that <laughs> yes. the conventional wisdom is, uh, yeah. is that, you know, parent as a martyr, um, yeah. kids coming first. Yeah. And you know what the reality is, we, you know, we shouldn't be martyrs. And if we aren't looking after ourselves as parents, um, we can't possibly be expected to be to effectively look after our own children. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people, I think it sounds like what you do with family smart, they, they, you do that too. But I think yeah. a lot of parents who may be listening to this should understand that they have to look after themselves. Yeah. Um, so did you acquire through your experience, did you acquire certain tools and things that worked for you while you were doing it? Well, it goes back to basically for me, it's doing those things that I enjoy. So for me, walking is a big thing when I'm walking and I'm outside and hiking or whatever, it gives me that break. I don't think about, you know, it's just, it fills my cup. For that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anything that I enjoy, I started doing again. And walking is one, um, kayaking, camping, you know, Anything outside nature is my, my self-care. Nature's a big element of it for sure. And, and walking, yeah. uh, which I do too, is of course, you know, there you've got the little bit of exercise. I, f- yeah. I find that walking, you know, I've got this uh, busy brain, you know, that's prone to rumination if I'm sitting around too much. Yeah. And yeah. walking <laughs> definitely helps deal with that kind of rumination. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever makes you just, yeah, whatever fills your cup. That's your self-care. So, so some people do gardening and, you know, running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just, fi- I think that's great advice that you have. Just find sort of one thing that you do like doing yeah. and, and do it. Yeah. Um, aside from it not being damaging to you, like drinking, you know, or driving really fast, but yeah. you know, finding, finding that's something that you like it and, and doing yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, speaking of which, my husband races cars and that's his, that's his self-care is driving fast around a racetrack, but it helps. Well, if you're in a controlled environment, then yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. But yeah, yeah. for sure. I can, I can see that too. You know, some people yeah. it's, uh, it's video games, some people it's watching TV, whatever it happens to be. Uh, yeah. I don't think there's really a limit that way on, no. on how it works. So what grades your, your daughter's uh, probably in grade 11, maybe not grade 12. She actually just graduated this year. Yeah. She Wait did. a second. So she was born in 2002 and she just graduated this year. Yeah, she did. Wow. 
Yeah, because my daughter was born in 2001 and she just graduated this year. Interesting. Um, yeah, well, that's con- I mean, okay, first of all, with that, congratulations. Thank I mean, you. what an incredible achievement, you know, because, you know, to go through all that, I, I've got a son who kind of gets anxious about school sometimes, not too badly. It's always, I'm just wondering if he just really, you know, would rather stay home and play video games, especially during these weird COVID times, of course. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but you know, I think it, it's interesting because what I went through with my mom, she, you know, I think she feels a certain amount of pride in, in getting me through a lot of those things. And you should definitely feel a lot of pride in, in the way you helped your daughter and, 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 and more so the, that you actually took that and have created a career that effectively helps people with the same issues that you had to deal with. Yeah, we, we're really proud of her. You know, at one point we didn't think she would graduate because she didn't go to school much at all through middle school. And when we did get her there, I would have to go pick her up like an hour or two later because she was just overwhelmed. Yeah, we really didn't think that she would graduate and she did. And it was, you know, even with COVID on, I didn't care. It was still, you know, they had a little ceremony and she, she yep. got that certificate and that's all that really mattered to us. And, and yeah, it's, it's actually an honor to be able to, to help other people. Um, I actually think it's a gift and I look for, all the things that we've had to deal with, I think that that enabled me to be able to help other people. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of almost worth it, really. I I roll over that question quite a bit. And I, because, you know, you always ask yourself, if you could go back in time and not go through this, you know, would I do that? And (laughs) I wouldn't because, um, because I have different, I have different qualities, my personality where I'm, I'm happy to go and talk to people. I'm happy to go up on stage and talk to people. I'm happy to talk to people, uh, like you. And, um, I've realized that it's that, you know, I've, I'm looking at my mental health challenges now as an asset. Um, they've made me, I think more of a, more of definitely more of an empathetic person and somebody who, you know, we, people who do, who go that route, like you do, we, we can really help other people. It's an important thing to do. So I, no, there was a lot of pain, but I, I certainly wouldn't change it. Yeah, I, I agree. I, that's how I feel too. It makes you understand people better and what mm. might be going through. Mm-hmm. Well, Monica, to me, you're an inspiration. I, I think Thank what you've you. done is, I think what you've done is an incredible thing and the work you're doing, the fact that you're still doing it is fabulous. And it was really an honor to talk to you today. Thank you so much, John. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thank you for listening to our anxiety stories. If you'd like to support this podcast or Anxiety Canada, go to anxietycanada.com.